Hello again, and welcome to the Stouting Off podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Hello again, and welcome, as always, to the Stouting Off podcast. I am your host, now and forevermore, Drew Stoutenberg is my name, and I am joined live in studio by my producer, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? Doing great, thank you. Mm, it is a joy to hear that. Thanks for being here. Um, it's a rainy day in Nashville today. Um, got soaked just coming to and from my car from like the front door. Um, as I was coming home today, actually, there was a car flipped on a one-lane exit ramp. No kidding. And that is kind of typical of, of Nashville drivers. I recently heard it called Crashville because Nashville is just <laughs> notorious for bad driving. And that's something I noticed like immediately when I moved here. Again, I come from Detroit, Michigan, the motor city, the motor, the automobile capital of the world. And uh, when I moved here, people have no, it's a lawless land when it comes to, uh, to driving and stuff. But um but anyway, yeah, Nashville, I do like living here. It's hot as can be. Um, where I think we're on month eight or nine of summer, feels like. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's, we're just lucky that we live in 2020 when air conditioning is so readily accessible. Um, actually, my neighbor this way, who wears the work uniform even when he's not working, doesn't have air conditioning. <laughs> oh, no. If you can believe that. What does he do? fans i think he just sweats in his uniform (laughs) (laughs) um no i had a um i had a couple friends over for a bonfire the other night it was really nice and friends started coming over around eight so it's 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 dark at this point like dusk kind of like uh the the sun setting time of day which is what dusk is um is around like seven seven fifteen now the days are getting shorter we're coming upon the um, the winter solstice, fall equinox, I believe. Anyway, so I had some friends come over. It's dark out, and normally, what I'm accustomed to at nighttime, it gets chilly. Not here. So we go out to the the bonfire pit in my backyard, and it's got to be at this point. It's probably still 85, 87. And my friend Sarah just moved here from Phoenix, and she's and I'm out here in a t-shirt and gym shorts, and sweating still and sarah comes out here in like a light jacket jeans um like a a, you know auxiliary sweater and stuff i'm like how are you living like this she's like oh in phoenix it's it's way hotter than this like we had i think uh you know 45 straight days of over 110 i'm like wow i don't even know how people enjoy living like that right i would rather layer up than you know be minimal i would rather have it be cold and layer up you know, and that way I can kind of control how warm I am. Yeah, I can control my temperature. Versus if it's just too hot, you can't take off enough stuff. Right. You can't take off seven layers of epidermis, you know? Sometimes it's cooler to keep clothes on. <laughs> yeah, actually. It like is. Block from the sun. It is. Yeah, it, it totally is. I feel you on that. Yeah, even when I'm in like, when I'm in just like shorts and a t-shirt, which I wear short shorts, seven inch inseam. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm still wearing too much clothes when I'm out there. Um, I'm taking like three showers a day. If I'm outside for more than five minutes, sweating enough to the point where I got to go take a shower. And that's how it is in Nashville. But 
people ask me all the time, so do you like, do you like Nashville? Do you like living here? And I'm like, I don't necessarily, I'm not in love with Nashville, but I love this season of my life. You know why? It's because I got out of the comfort zone of where I was for 30 years. And I said, I got to get uncomfortable so I can grow, so I can develop, so I can kind of level up in life, you know, because you don't grow where you're comfortable. You don't. If you're comfortable, you're probably not growing. Um, think about that in any area. If you want to get, if you want to get more physically fit, you're not going to do it in a comfortable way. It sucks. It's hard to, to work out and sweat and labor and toil and lift weights and run and all this stuff. That, that analogy is, I think, totally foolproof and applies to every area of life. If you want to grow, if you want to change, you got to put in some sweat equity and you got to get uncomfortable. Um, you know, this actually, on this topic, there is a, um, there's something, this phenomenon in nature that I did not know about until this week um, where I heard our pastor talk about it. But did you know that the average eagle, like bald eagle lifespan is about 40 years? So they get to be pretty old birds. <laughs> old birds. Uh, isn't that like a phrase? Like <laughs> yeah. a couple of old birds yelled at me at the store, the corner store. Um, I don't know why people would be yelling you at you at the corner store, but who cares? Um, so bald eagles will, will uh, on average, live to about 40 years old. And then, listen to this. At the age of 40, their beaks become too grown over, too curled over to the point where they can't hunt like they normally can. And their talons become kind of like weak and kind of frail. And their feathers, and this all kind of happens around the same time, their feathers like on their breasts start to, on their breast, not their breasts. (laughs) So that's just a crazy mental picture. But like their, their feathers become kind of like bogged down and not as conducive to aerodynamics. So they can barely fly, they can't hunt, and they can't grab things. So at 40 years old, they have to make a decision. I'm either going to die of like starvation and not being able to get around, or they can actually, if they choose, some do this, some don't, break off their beak, rip out their feathers, and break off their talons, and then, extreme excruciating process, and then their beak grows back. New feathers grow in. New talons grow in. And then if they do that, if they unlock that, they live to be, they live another 30 years, almost double their life by going through this metamorphosis period. And hey, you guys get a front row seat to the metamorphosis period of metamorphosis period of my life. That's what this is. You're breaking off your beak. I'm breaking off my beak as we speak. <laughs> it's like it's like a butterfly going into a little cocoon. I had to go away because now I'm about to be a butterfly. I was a little caterpillar before. But watch. I think I hear a bald eagle in the background right now. I heard that. Did you hear that? Yeah. Right, that was affirmation. Thanks, God. Um, listen, I've been seeing this way too much. People are, so we're wearing masks all around. And some people, like I have a, a few fabric masks, you know, that's that I kind of rotate and I'll wash them and stuff. Some people are still using the disposables. And I'm seeing this more and more. I don't know how this is justified in one's mind or how this could ever be acceptable, but people are throwing these things on the ground. So I'll get out of my car at Kroger, open the door, and there's a mask on the ground. Like, okay, I was done with it. Almost like it's just like chewing gum, you know, like it's, which I don't even think that's necessarily acceptable. If you're going to spit out chewing gum, 
at least throw in the woods or something, you know. Um, I don't know, just not on the ground where somebody steps on it. But especially throwing a mask on the ground, like some, that's not going to break down. You know, it's not like a piece of paper or like a popsicle stick. It's not going to break down. Somebody's got to go through and pick up your nasty mask that somebody drove over 13 times and it's got, it's covered in, you know, your parking breath. lot. It's covered in your nasty breath. <laughs> yeah. So listen, masks on the ground, don't do that. Don't do that. It's that simple. Also, don't throw floss picks on the ground either. That's another Sick. thing I see. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Have you seen this before? I can't believe that. How people... <laughs> I've seen them at the airport, dude. Really? Yeah. Just like uh, around the concourse? Yeah, like by the trash can or like in the bathroom on the counter. By the trash can. I, j- I couldn't make it all the way there. I just had to... Just a couple feet short. Like, oh, I missed the trash can. So instead of me picking it up, I'm going to make someone else pick guess it up. Guess you got to do it. Hey, <laughs> guess what? Yeah, I Fell guess on you... the ground. That's your ground. Yeah, <laughs> not my ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my ground it's your ground facilities person yeah that's that's unacceptable just be thoughtful you know that's my thing when it comes to stuff like that i think about this if i if i'm in a public place and i leave a shopping cart somewhere if i'm tempted to or if i um if i'm i don't know if i'm if i'm tempted ever to throw a floss pick on the ground my thing is always this if i don't if if not me then who if I don't, if I'm not going to do that, that responsibility that's mine, then who? If yeah. it's somebody else, somebody ha- somebody else has to uh, account for like my actions. That's not. I can't live like that. Right. I can't sleep at night. Right. I'll be tossing and turning, thinking, man, I was only two feet shy of the garbage can. I couldn't get the floss pick all the way in there. I had to leave it. Um, I don't really do floss picks anyway. I floss at least once a day, but until uh, uh until about three years ago. I, I didn't floss that much. I was like the average flosser once a, I don't know, week, every two weeks. And my my dentist was like, Drew, here's how you do it. You wrap, because I, I had a hard time. Like the floss would come off my fingers. Drew, you wrap the flosser on your middle fingers. And then you use your index fingers to kind of guide it. Because hmm. your middle fingers will never have to go into your mouth. True. Whereas before I was like trying to put my index finger and then it would slip off. And I'd be like, forget this. Hmm. I'll get flossed again next time I go to the dentist in six months. <laughs> um, so anyway, wow! I just that was a mini stout off just now. Yeah, but I'm I, I'm running hot about that because that's unacceptable. It's litter. That's the same thing with people throwing cigarette butts out the window. I don't get that. Yeah. Like like it's not a it's it is littering unequivocal unequivocally it's littering for sure. But it's just a law that's not really enforced. You know, it's just become kind of acceptable. But how? I don't understand how we got to that point. Just like, uh, I'm done now. Just throw it out the window. It'll just go somewhere. Right. Or a rabbit will eat it and then die from it. So that's cool. Dude, on the way here um, today, I was driving behind this Chrysler 300 and I saw them like moving their shoulders, right? Like moving (laughs) their shoulders in the, you know, through the rear view mirror rear view mirror and yeah, they're just kind of like getting adjusted or what yeah something and then all of a sudden i saw a mcdonald's wrapper fly out the window and th- like roll like we're only going like what 35 miles per hour yeah. or something so it's not like the highway right where it just like blows off into eternity like yeah this like is... like yeah you 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 get you get to uh forget about it quickly like it's just okay it was gone it <laughs> yeah. never existed 
Yeah. Now, of course, it goes somewhere. Stick on your antenna where we're like where we're headed. Yeah. Where we're headed. Where we're headed, man. (laughs) Tell you what, there's no such thing as litter on the ground. It sticks to cars. Um, Yeah, I don't get that. I but then again, I remember throwing something out the window when I was a kid. I forgot what it was, but my dad was like, "No, you do not do that. That is unacceptable." And you know what it's like when dad yells at you as a kid. It's like, okay, well, my life just changed forever right now. And that's a lesson I'll never forget. And hey, all these, this many years later, still haven't um, forgotten it. So a valuable lesson. And I'll pass that along to my kids someday. Young man, Jordan Jr. I'm going to name my kid Jordan after my producer. Thank you. Jordan, you do not do that. But dad, it was just a floss pick. I don't care. Um, that's pretty wild about the Eagle rebirth though. Isn't that, I'm just, just coming insane. back to that. Yeah. I had it written down here. That's crazy. Um, you ever wake up to chug water in the middle of the night after you had a salty dinner, eat pizza right before bed and you wake up around three, four in the morning and you're just like, but you prepared, you've got your Dickies cup right next to your bed and it's filled with distilled with vapor distilled water. You bought smart water and you poured it in here and you're just ready to just gulp. It's the most refreshing. It's pleasurable. Like it is yeah. so enjoyable. It's like a multi-sensory joy that I just love. And I'm going to drink some water right now, but I'm not going to, you know, demonstrate what it's actually like because I'm not that thirsty. But come see, I'll turn on the camera at three or four in the morning next time I have pizza and then you guys get to see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Quite literally nothing <sighs> like it though. There's nothing, especially if it's room temperature. Yeah, if you went to bed around like 10, it's had time to kind of warm up to room temperature and you can just slam it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's not nearly as rewarding as when you have to wake up in the middle of the night and then go to the fridge and get water or the faucet or whatever. Um, if, if there's like some getting out of bed involved, then that that stinks. But if you can kind of just do a side lay where you turn the cup, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I'll just stay in this position sometimes and I'll, the cup will just come in perpendicular to my mouth. <laughs> Stupid. Why is my bed all wet? Mm-hmm. Spilled. I've gotten pretty pretty good with that though. But anyway, yeah, if, for those moments in a loved one's life, I recommend get them a Dickies cup. Get them a Dickies barbecue pit. Yellow, big yellow cup. Yellow, big yellow cup. You like that? YBYC. And, um, and while you're at it, go get a, a, a meat plate, a combo. They're great. Jalapeno cheddar sausage sandwich. Come on. Um, still haven't had a chance to get to the Nashville location yet, but uh, I will soon. We're going. We're going to go. We're going. And yep. I'm in Michigan in October for a bit. And you can bet like uh, I'm getting lunch there at Dickie's at least every other day, if not two meals a day, lunch and dinner. <laughs> I just don't leave. Just keep just keep filling up the big yellow cup. Um so I I have some on social media that I follow like I follow obviously tons of people and I recently saw some friends went to a wedding and they posted some pictures of friends from the wedding and you ever go to a wedding and there are some dudes there who you can tell they probably don't like get dressed up very often they don't really know like and I'm not knocking like everybody you know has different experiences and stuff. But you can tell those people who don't normally dress up and before they even get to the wedding, like, I don't do this. I don't subscribe to this. I think you have to earn 
loosening up throughout the evening, the longer you're there. But you, they get to the wedding and their sleeves are already all the way up here, you know? Yeah. They've got glasses, sunglasses on the head, you know what I'm talking about? And their top, their top button is unbuttoned and it's already <laughs> loose right here. I'm like, what, did you just get off the eight-hour shift at the corporate <laughs> office? Like, what's going on? You look too comfortable. Like, when, when I go to a wedding, first of all, if it's like a, a, a wedding that's not outside or something, I'm usually wearing a jacket. But I'm wearing that jacket until like fourth or fifth or sixth song that evening. I'm wearing the jacket and I'm still put together. If I'm wearing a tie, you can bet it's up here, snug, half winds or not, and I'm buttoned. And I feel like you have to throughout the evening, like I said, you 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 loosen up and you start to okay maybe unbutton the the shirt a little bit, start to cuff it up here and there, but you don't show up to the wedding like that, you know. Anyway, I saw that on social media. And speaking of social media, I want to go right into my next segment. What have I been watching? The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Have you seen this yet? I have not. Unbelievable. Uh, it was just so eye-opening. And um, I actually took a full page of notes um, because within the first two minutes, I was like, yeah, I got to talk about this. Basically, what The Social Dilemma is uh, all about, the dilemma they're referring to is our increasing dependence on social media combined with the demand for uh, advertisers and stuff on social media, the companies that are actually paying Facebook, paying Google, etc., they're increasing uh, need to uh, like continue to just keep us in, keep us engaged, and all this stuff. And the dilemma they're talking about is, um, for example, they talk about how in this movie, um, you know, when it comes to social media, the like the social media platform itself is not the product. We are the product because who's ultimately paying for this companies who are advertising on Facebook companies who are advertising on Instagram and Twitter and all these websites or these social media sites to the point where those companies, Facebook, Google, all the companies, they have to keep us on these apps as much as possible for as long as possible because the more data they have, the more they can say, hey, this person, this type of person, 32-year-old male, uh, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, you know, this part of the U.S., this part of the world, whatever, spends this much time look, you know, uh, looking at this type of post, um, spends this much time looking at this type of post, whatever, whatever. They have so much data on us that they then sell that data essentially to these um, like advertisers. You know, so I was about to say, you know what I'm saying, but obviously it's, it's pretty intuitive. Like, and then it goes so far as to say, um, everything that you see on your Facebook feed is tailored to you. So it's not necessarily just, you know, usually in the the order of most recent, whoever posted, whatever, it's an algorithm specifically designed so that you are more likely to see posts that you will engage on and spend, therefore, more time on the website. Therefore, Facebook can charge more to companies who want to advertise to you. And then um, political and governmental and all these other different types of um, agencies and, and groups getting involved to the point where they will market specifically not only candidates and stuff like this to you, but 
you will also have, if you are, say, a right-leaning Donald Trump voting, pro-gun, pro-whatever, uh, you will have a different set of articles that will pop up in your feed versus someone, say, on the left, pro-choice, um, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, like, you know, like the social, more of the social uh, awareness, social advocacy type. Th- that group would get different uh, articles and, and, and posts as well. So what they're saying is that because your in individual experience on social media is so tailored to you, you only see ultimately things that they think you're going to want to see. And so there's not a whole lot of middle ground. It's the, this group sees what they want to see. This group sees what they want to see. And now everyone's looking at each other saying, how do you not see it like this? How do you not see our point? Did you not see this data point? Did you not see this article? And not to say that social media is the end all be all, but most people do get their news from sites like Facebook. Yeah. And then it takes it a step farther. Even news networks are like this. News networks get paid by advertisers that want them to promote a specific message. And so um, there was uh, there was research done in this thing that it showed over time, the time lapse, um, at one point, say, Republicans and Democrats, um, if the whole spectrum was like far left, far right, whatever, most people were in kind of like, you know, somewhat close to the middle. As time has gone on and social media has has continued to rise in popularity, it's becoming more and more spread apart, more and more polarized to the point where it's like, how can this get better? And have you seen, like, we can see this play out in day-to-day life, you know? Think about it. There are so many people on Facebook who who I see them post about stuff, and I'm just like, man, you're a jerk. But... At the same time, I see people who I know post similar stuff like that. And I'm like, ah, this guy's just annoying. I'll unfollow him. But I still love this person, you know, whatever. But for most most of the time, it's like it's really affect. It has affected me. If I'm not careful, I can really start to harbor like resentment toward people for sure. because of what they post online and because of how they behave online and the articles that they like and share and arguments that they participate in, whatever, both sides. And um, yeah, it's. It very largely has to do not only with our dependence on social media, but also because of how it is operating with these algorithms that are really just trying to feed you whatever it will take to get you to spend more time on their website. Yeah. It's really fascinating. I highly encourage um, anybody uh, to watch it. So kind of took a serious note there, but hey, we need to talk serious sometimes. Yeah. Uncle Stout needs to share some serious stuff with you. All right. This is a matter of life and I won't say death, life and death, but it's a matter of like happy, harmonious life. You know, we got to watch it. I I, yeah. I want to watch that. You got it. Bad. Yeah. Dial it up. Um, I'm right. not even going to read you all my notes. Oh, man. Right but I will say there was one point that they brought up. Um, uh, they were talking about suicide with like middle school and high school aged kids and Man, I, I just got to say, I'm so happy that social media did not exist when I was in middle school and like early high school. Yeah. Social media, like MySpace and then Facebook really started to pop off around like late 10th grade and beyond for me. But if like Instagram and likes and uh, just like all that stuff that kids used to bully other kids was around when I was in middle school, I would have had a really hard time. That really parents out there of, of middle school age kids i just feel for you and in fact a lot of the people on the social dilemma documentary 
like one guy was like the guy who invented the like button on Facebook. And he was like, we were trying to actually just create a function, a, a, a tool that could just spread happiness and joy into the world. And, you know, look what it's become. And um, there was a guy who was the chief of um, chief officer of monetization at Facebook. He was in charge of how are we going to make this thing profitable? So many of these exact executives and what they all said was, I won't let my kids use social media. I don't. It's a strict rule in my household. They cannot use they cannot be on uh, any social media until they're 16, for example. Yeah. I'm like, I do not blame you. No. When I have kids someday, it'll probably be even like more severe, you know, <laughs> 20 or so years from now. Like it, it, when I say I have, a, you know, kids and they're 16, it, I don't know if I had kids in the next four years, it would be reasonable to say in 20 years, social media would be crazy. Um, so anyway, the social dilemma, that's what I've been watching. Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Handmade Sour Mash Whiskey, distilled right here in Nashville, Tennessee. We actually toured the distillery, Jordan and I did. That was great. That was a good time our, was, with our buddy Will. Yeah, that was awesome. Bonded in bottles on Instagram. He runs a, a, a bourbon and kind of all-around whiskey influencer page on Instagram. Bonded in bottles. Check him out. But um, yeah, you got to support the hometown folks, you know, and I just bought this bottle recently, actually. I like the branding, too. It's like what they're... Um, it's like what their original label looked like in 1860. 1860 branding right there. It's pretty sweet. It is. It's pretty cool. Um, my dog got sprayed by a skunk three times in one year before. And one time <laughs> was on Christmas. What? Somehow. I don't remember how, but I remember I let him out on Christmas. This was, oh no, this wasn't. George, this was Sadie. Um, so that was probably 2004. So yeah, I let Sadie out on Christmas to go. I, you know, it was a special occasion. So I let her go outside to go to the bathroom. And uh, she came back inside and I was like, something stinks. And I went to like put my nose near her and smell her. And she like went back like this. And she got sprayed on the scruff of her neck. And that's the part that touched my nose. So I had skunk spray on my nose. They called me skunk nose. <laughs> no, they didn't. But <laughs> that would be stupid. But But that actually did happen. No one called me skunk nose, thank God, but I, but I actually did have skunk spray on my nose. Did you do anything to like try to get it off? Oh yeah, when I was giving Sadie a V eight juice, like tomato juice bath, I just put a little right here. Did it work? And they called me tomato nose. <laughs> um, <laughs> nobody was calling me anything. No one was calling anyone anything, but that actually all did happen. And also, Sadie did get sprayed two other times within that calendar year. I'm like, girl, chill. She was so sweet, though. She's probably dead now. Um, at a very old age, we had to we had to give her to this elderly couple because our family transition or our family situation is in transition. And um, I often wonder wonder how Sadie girl's doing, but she's probably in dog heaven, you know. So that's cool. It's good. What was your dog's name? Daisy. Daisy had a huge underbite, right, or a lazy eye or something. Yeah, I mean, she just looked weird like all around. <laughs> <laughs> Shih Tzu, right? Yeah, Shih Tzu, and then and then Miley. So oh, Daisy, I don't think I ever met Miley. Da- so Miley, we, my parents just had to put her down. Oh, she recently? had like a dislocated hip, and oh, like she geez. was walking around, and it was like clicking and stuff. It was crazy. Really, Daisy, like they walked into a room one time, and Daisy was just staring at the wall, You're just like, like straight up. They're like something's wrong with Daisy. Yeah. So anyway. sounds like we got a 
got a little train railroad crossing um <laughs> what else do I want to talk about that might be just a shorty sounds like the we're through the worst of it already true we don't like to stop this podcast you guys we do not like to hit pause and we almost never will the only time we're gonna hit pause on this podcast I want you to know this I want you to be the first to know is if those freaking trains last for longer than it just did because it it's distracting I, I mean it's got to be distracting right yeah we want you to be zoned in dialed in fully um if there was another train just now it's gonna be like <laughs> so in light of that we're gonna pause but no for station identification we're gonna pause for station identification. okay um oh man do you ever uh <laughs> you ever find those situations in life where you, you see someone and you speak with someone like as a friend, but you don't know their name. This happens at the gym. This happens at church. This happens at, you know, like neighbors, stuff like this. And then you have to come up with creative ways to, to get them to remind you. And I have a few different ways that I've thought about recently. This always works. One is you introduce them to somebody. So if you say, cause I'm pretty sure my neighbor Rick doesn't know me. The, the guy who was always in the work uniform, I'm pretty sure he doesn't know my name. And um, actually in this instance, that's not the example I was going to give, but in this instance, you know what I'll do sometimes is I will be outside, maybe getting out of my car and I'll go like this when I know he's out there. Yeah. Hi, this is Drew. And I'm yelling, I'm pretty much yelling it so he can hear that my name's Drew. And this has happened before. I haven't done it with Rick yet, but I did this at the gym one time with this guy, Frank, because I remember bumping into Frank and we met and we talked and whatever. And then it was just like weeks and weeks would go on and I would always be like, Frank, what's up? How was your week, Frank? And um, <laughs> he would always be like, hey, buddy. And I just noticed he never said my name and that irked me because I need to know and be known by others. I'm a community guy. I'm a pack animal. And so I remember doing that at the gym one time at the YMCA in Livonia, Michigan, which is now closed. And I answered a fake phone call. Hi, this is Drew. And I kid you not, the next day he's like, what's up, Drew? How you doing, man? I'm <laughs> like, hey, it worked. <laughs> but if you don't remember somebody else's name, you got to just, you, you got to introduce them to someone that you're with. And you say, hey, oh, hey, by the buddy. Or hey, by the buddy. <laughs> hey, by the way, buddy, this is my, my friend Jordan. And then he's like, oh, yeah. And then Jordan would be like, Hey, what's your name? And then he would, he would yeah. say, I'm Rick. I just had I'm a... I'm always in my work uniform. Dude, I just... <laughs> it's a part of this introduction. <laughs> this is, I'm Rick and this is my uniform. <laughs> um, dude, I was in a, a video conference the other day. I remembered one of the two people's names. And then I had someone of, of mine come on. You know, for the first time. So I was like, perfect. Uh, I can remember his name. There you go. I was like, hey, man, this is Jason. Silence, dude. He never introduced himself. Jake. So for the entire call, we still didn't know his name. Why, 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 why wouldn't it say in the little, the lower thing? Teams doesn't have that. Oh, really? No. Or if it does, it, it was hosted by one person, which is the guy I knew. Oh, so, yeah. So, dude, it, yeah, it was, it was a struggle bus, but... <laughs> And Jason didn't have the the awareness to say, hey, I'm Jason. No, no, no. Jason, I introduced Jason. Okay. But when I introduced Jason, I was expecting the other guy who I didn't know his name to say, hey, I'm David, which, oh. is, which is actually his name. And so... <laughs> we later learned. Yeah. So 
when I said, hey, this is Jason. He's like, hey, man, how's it going? It was just, hey, man, how's it going? And that's it. Ugh. I was like, what's your name? Ugh. We need to know your name, David. I don't know how clearly I need to spell this out for you. We introduced Jason because we don't know your name. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> um, oh, this has come up a few times in the past week or so. Um, friends feel like they need to explain to me and like kind of like in this almost apologetic tone, they need to tell me, hey, I haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast yet, but I see you're doing it on social media, on Instagram and everything. Um, trust me, I'm getting around to it. And I want to be like, hey, you don't need to. You don't need to do that. You don't need to apologize to me. Um, it's like, hey, I know you. I know you play softball on a men's rec league. I'm sorry, I haven't been to any games yet. I, but but trust me, I'm I'm planning on coming to one of your games. You know, like to a, a, yeah. a, di- a distant friend. I wouldn't do that. That expectation isn't there. So friends, family, if you're listening to this, you don't have to be listening to this to get on my good side, or 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 to earn brownie points with me which I know a lot of you guys are concerned with. <laughs> but here's the link. But And here's with, the share button. With that said, here's the subscribe. Um, <laughs> start with episode three, work your way back, and then, um, no, you guys truly, please don't feel pressure to, to listen or watch or whatever. I hope you like it, though. Um, that said, you know, if when you do, when and if you do watch it or listen to it, I hope you like it. And that's all I got to say about that. Mm. <laughs> when I was a kid, if there was ever a moment where the air conditioning was on in the car and someone rolled a window down, you would think it was the end of the world. You would think that that <laughs> a bomb threat was just made or a death threat was just made on the family. Or you would think that I just said that I wanted to like you know, like leave the family and move away to another country or something. It was that severe. If the AC was on and it was the summertime and somebody rolled a window down, it was going to be a major, major problem. And I don't know why, because as I've become an adult who has his own car and can climate control it however I want to, I love the feeling of having air conditioning on, but also it's a little bit of wind from the road, you know, yeah. well, like from the window. Um, why was that? I feel like that's another generational thing. You know, I talked about how there's like a, that, that baby boomer generation pride in being good drivers. I feel like there's also kind of like some of these staple principles, and I think that's one of them. Sure, yeah. Air conditioning and windows do not coexist. It's one or the other, buddy. You got to pick. You got to pick little Andrew in the back seat. If you're going to roll the window down, hey, we'll pull this car over, and then you can, you can really <laughs> take a couple minutes to think and decide what you want to do. Uh, did you guys have that in your family? Would Steve be like, what the, I can't slams. I can't super remember. Like I can't, but at the same time, as you were saying that I'm like, well, maybe people just relate to it like their house. Yeah. Like you're not getting a bill for the electricity for running your AC in your car. Yeah. Right. Right. So why should it matter? Yeah. But in your house, it's one or the other. It's it. And I, I, I'm all for that too. But I was over your house the other night. <laughs> I came inside Jordan's house and it was a cool night. And I came in, into the house and I was like, yo, it's it's kind of warm in here. It's warmer in here than it is outside. He opens up a window. He's like, dang, you're right. So he opens up a window and then 
within moments you flipped on the AC and we just had it all going. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt bad. I wanted to make you comfortable and, and myself comfortable. And I felt bad that you felt bad because I, I wasn't coming in to make a demand like, geez, <laughs> what is this, a sauna? What's, what's your guys' deal? It was more just like, oh, you know, it's actually really nice outside. It's kind of it's warm in here. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Are you good? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was just trying to cool it down. I was just trying to cool it down quick. And it, it happened. It happened like that. Then Mon came down the stairs. She's like, what are you Why doing? Are the windows open? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. Crap. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was, that was great. What did we do that night? Oh, it was a podcast party. Yeah. Yeah. We it watched a, it. It was a, one of our many launch parties, many of, one of our many release parties. Every time we launch a new episode, I go over to Jordan's and we have cocktails and we watch the episode and we critique it. And I don't know. I feel like we're on an upward trend right now. A decent little upward trajectory. And I'm not knock on wood. Is that synthetic wood? I think so. Yeah. It's yeah, an upright so. piano, like a keyboard, electric piano. Yeah. Um, Jordan, play a couple notes on there. No. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and play a couple notes. Give me, give me something. <laughs> Say no more. What? Say no what more. kind of chord arrangement was that? Was that like a sustain? A C, yeah. C sus. That's awesome. Down on the farm. We love. Is that what that is? It felt like Bob Evans, Bob didn't it? Evans. <laughs> I have a friend who thought um, Johnny Nagel. I have a friend, Johnny Nagel, who, uh, until he was like an adult, thought it was Bob Evans. <laughs> because the cursive the cursive kind of looks like, the cursive N kind of looks like an M. He thought it was Bob Evans. I'm like, you, you hillbilly, dude. <laughs> this guy actually did grow up down on a farm, so that makes sense. Farm of Superior Township slash Ypsilanti, Michigan. But anyway, um, that's all I've got for you today, guys. Uh, as always, please like and subscribe. Share this with your friends and family and loved ones. Subscribe on YouTube and Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, now we're also on Google uh, Podcasts, and I think we're on Amazon slash Audible as well. And of course, I mean, just, yeah, follow us on Instagram as well. But as always, thanks for listening to the Stouting Off Podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. <laughs>